Welcome to the Living the Dream Podcast with Curveball. If you believe, you can achieve. Welcome to the Living the Dream with Curveball Podcast, a show where I interview guests that teach, motivate, and inspire. Today, I am joined by author, drama survivor, and bodybuilder, Jules. Jules suffered childhood abuse, and that turned into alcohol abuse. But today, she has turned her life around. She's written a book, and she just competed in the NPC figure division, where she won an award. So we're going to be talking to her about her life and her book and about that great award. Jewel, thank you so much for joining me today. I am so glad to be here. Thank you. Well, why don't you start off by giving everybody a little bit of background about yourself? Uh, well, as my book, I hope that displays beautifully. Um, I was raised in the Midwest. And I was raised back in the 70s where we didn't have as many resources as we do today. Um, I was also raised in an alcoholic family. So I acquired and, of course, adapted uh, and acquired those sorts of skills, life skills. Um, I got caught up in, in drinking pretty heavily. I dropped out of school. In fact, I dropped out in ninth grade. And so I really was plunged into the world with little to no living skills at all. And so as that progressed... For about 19 years, actually, that progressed. And then I was grateful when I turned 35. I, I guess I was, uh, I didn't even realize that I was where the turning point of my life, but um, I found the rooms of recovery. And that was 14 years ago. And everything has changed. Well, congratulations on your recovery. And speaking of your recovery, you say in your bio that this is not just any old girl gets sober story. So tell us how your story is different. You know, to get sober is probably the most courageous thing somebody can do. Um, we say that it's, it's simple, but it is not easy. And so I have seen people struggle as we all do people who seem to get sober and bounce back and forth and, just can't get on their feet. And I am grateful for whatever reason that I have been able to keep these 14 years of continuous sobriety. And by doing so, I've applied some of the things I learned while I got sober to my life as I live and move forward. And so it, it's not just, you know, I should be just grateful to have a nine to five basic job, you know, and, and that's a miracle that I, I survived the disease and the throes of alcoholism. But what, what I've been able to do is I've been able to, through recovery, just clear out, you know, the, met, the, 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 the wreckage of my past and kind of really get down to the core of who I am. And by doing that, I have now been able to live a life that is totally authentic to who I am and who I was supposed to be. You know, for instance, this bodybuilding show, I, I started working out when I was 40. 
I wanted to get the cellulite off my legs. That was my only goal. <laughs> and I mean, just probably three weeks ago, I walked across a national level stage and I placed in the top three. So I, I have many miraculous stories like that. And it all is because what I learned while I was getting sober. Well, speaking of your past, tell us who is Jules now versus who was Jules back then? Oh, you know, the first thing that comes to mind is black and white. I mean, they're there, there seem to be two opposite people, you know, back when I was a little person and, and pretty much before recovery, you know, like I just said, is I acquired these, these life skills that were pretty, pretty terrible. And, and, and I was, I was very small, even physically, I, I felt uh, I was very intimidated. I was fearful of a lot of things. I didn't think I sized up to anything. And, and I pretty much, as the disease continued, I found myself in places that I never would have dreamt being. And I continued to circle that drain. And ultimately, that's how the disease works. It takes you down until it either institutionalizes you or kills you. Now, this other side, and again, there was a lot of work that went in between these two phases of my life. Like I said, it's not easy. <laughs> but... What I have found now, and one of my big tools I use is um, meditation. And for me, meditation is a way that I can just pretty much turn the outside off and go inward. And by doing that, I am able to really see, like, what's bothering me today? Or what's, why am I really reacting this way? It has really nothing to do with the scenario. I'm being triggered somehow, right? So taking that and then, you know, building upon that, I have now been able to go into uh, places I never thought I, I would be. I, I used to, for instance, I used to be very intimidated um, with people who had a lot of letters after their names, right? That meant that they were educated, that they had money, that they were stable, that their parents were normal. Um, and when I finally, again, I progressed, I, I did do education. I went on and, and got my GED and I, and I got my, uh, I, I went on to college to the university level. And when I came out and got into corporate, I realized as I sat in the room with other uh, agents that they had a whole bunch of letters after their name and they were no different than I was. But so these were people I was always intimidated of, but now I'm realizing they were just like me. And so what I now have the gift of doing is being in places ultimately that I was fearful to be in before, but I also now get to teach other people what it's like to really be authentic and to go into places that you never thought you belonged. Well, you talk about living multiple lives. So in your short time on this earth, how many lives do you feel that you have lived? You know, I think of life as an experience, right? My, which involves my community, my surroundings, my lifestyle. Before I got sober, what I would do is I was a chameleon. 
And I would chameleonize to whatever my surroundings were. I think that's pretty much a, a instinctual thing to do, you know, so, uh, for survival. And um, and so I've been, you know, in in uh, I've been in office settings. I've been in the hospital settings. I have been, you know, in around other athletes. I have been. I was actually a girlfriend of a motorcycle. <laughs> Um, a guy uh, was his girlfriend um, within a motorcycle group. Um, you know, I would chameleonize to who I needed to be. So, and 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 now again on this side, it's like I have two sides to this fence, right? And so now on this side, um, for instance, I I totally understand what it is to be a partner of somebody who's transitioning. You know, back before I got sober, my my girlfriend, which was a big deal for me to come out, then transitioned like six months into the relationship. So I have that experience. I have that life experience. So it seems like everything that built up to today is is because I've had the experience of being in those shoes. Tell us about some of the people that have influenced you throughout your journey and help you become the person that you are today? Mm. You know, it's the people you least expect. You know, I have idols that I think I admire, people that I don't know that I admire. Like I have always been very moved by the story of Oprah Winfrey and where she came from and how she has successfully uh, gotten to where she's at today. Again, I didn't have many role models growing up. And so I, re- you know, I remember watching uh, movies like Sophia Loren, seeing her and, and how poised she was and how powerful and you know, how sexually you know, charged she was. I just, I, I was drawn to that and I would mimic who she was and, and take on some of those qualities. Um, but on the heart level, you know, in the rooms of recovery, I meet people from every walk of life. And, you know, sometimes it's, you know, one of the meetings I go to, sometimes it is the person in the elevator, you know, it's people impact me when we speak the language of the heart. And it's amazing how fulfilling that really can be things that I would have overlooked before. You know, you've been through a lot. And You've chosen to remain anonymous. Why is that? And what is the inspiration for you even telling your story and remaining anonymous? I think growing up in the world we grow up in, you just think everybody else is growing up in that world too. So for the longest time, I didn't think my story was any different than anybody else's. But then as I started to share this with people, they're like, I remember a friend in college who was like, girl, you have got to write a book. And I was like, this is no big deal. Uh, the seed was planted back then. And so, and, and also in, in the rooms of recovery, we also have that anonymity because we need that safe place to be able to go in and just be 100%. Me personally, I'm very transparent. 
And I'm very comfortable with interactions and questions and inquiries. Um, but now I have somebody else to consider besides myself. And so now I, I'm in a marriage of seven years and I have a husband. And ultimately we have you know, family members and a whole other entity to consider. So because our lifestyles didn't align you know, when we, when I was younger, I, I don't want to, I, I don't want to, I don't want to influence anything. You know, my story is my story it has nothing to do with the people I'm involved with today. So I guess it's protecting the people who are in my life today to answer the question. Well, speaking of lifestyles, you mentioned in your bio that you live a different lifestyle. So tell us what that is and how is it different? And why do you feel that that lifestyle might not be ethical to some people? I, oh, first off, getting sober was a, a beautiful gift to me because I was really able to shred a lot of the dogma, a lot of the impressions that were put upon me. You know, as a woman, you should fill in the blank. I should walk a certain way. I should wear certain clothing. You know, all of these rules, we all have them, both men and women and, and, and trans as well. It's like we have all of these expectations from other people. So when I, you know, when I got sober and I stripped down all this stuff and just really got to the core of who I am, I was really able to discover a lot of things that I found that wouldn't be accepting in different circles or, and, and, and so I was really able to recognize them and, and ultimately identify with it and then have the courage to actually acquire it opposed to keeping, you know, suppressing it. Um, you know, for instance, I have a very open-minded marriage. I, I believe that, my heart is larger than to love just one person. I mean, I've loved my mom. I've loved my dad. I've loved people in my past. You know, my heart is, is ultimately able to love many people at one time. And of course, there's boundaries and intimacy levels. But to be able to have that freedom to love how I am, I am meant to love is very authentic for me. Um, I believe my body was made for function, to carry around this amazing soul that I have, but it's also for pleasure, right? So if you think our bodies are covered with skin, now skin, of course, is protection, but there's a lot of sensitivity in my skin, just like most people's, right? So I, I'm not shameful about enjoying the gifts that have been given to me by source, and with the right partner or somebody who else is also very authentic, I'm able to express what I want to experience or not experience, or better yet, just say, I'm super jealous and this scares the crap out of me <laughs> to have a partner who will walk along with you on that is an amazing gift because you get to explore things of how you were made. Tell us about competing in the NPC figure division. Tell us what that is and tell us about the award that you won and everything that you had to do to get to this point. Like I said, I got sober when I was 35. At the age of 40, I look like the average 40-year-old woman. In fact, I weighed like 120 pounds. It, I, I was status quo. But there are parts of my body that I had always struggled with, 
always. And I believe that I learned some of the body dysmorphia from my mom. I think these are behaviors that are handed down. And so I had a terrible relationship with my thighs. <laughs> I hated it. I was skinny, but I still had cellulite on my thighs. And I was so tired of being tired of this. And so I started the journey of, you know, going to the gym and, and, and getting a trainer who taught me how to transform my physique, how to change piece parts of my body that I didn't like anymore. And so this progressed and it got to the point where I'd gone through the first trainer. And then at, uh, at the second, the second trainer who came into my, into my journey um, was uh, she was also, she was a competitor. And I just remember like looking at her body saying it's flawless. I want what this woman has. And so uh, I, I have pictures. I think I am green in the face. I had to go and take the before and after pictures. And she did it in the posing room. There were mirrors on all sides. I was on, I was like on stage in the spotlight. It was totally the most uncomfortable thing. And, but I wanted it bad. That's how bad I wanted. I was willing to go through that. And so I signed on with her. I did the meal plan. I worked out with her five days a week. I didn't veer from that meal plan for well over a year. I wanted it that bad. And so when I started to see the changes in my body, I, you know, I became even more hooked. And so uh, I think around, I think it was around uh, 43, 44 is when I did my first competition. And uh, it, it, it was one of those competitions where there were three people and I took third, <laughs> but I was so proud that, oh my God, I just, I, I'd never owned a bathing suit five years ago and now I'm on this stage. And so, you know, moving forward, um, it was last year uh, that I, um, I, did, I did a show and uh, I was in the physique physician, the, um, the physique division is what I'm trying to say. And I don't have the muscle that's needed to be in that division. And so after the show, someone, one of the judges contacted my coach and said, you know, there's one more show. Let's put her in, but let's put her in figure. And so it was like 12 days later, I had to learn the routine. I had to learn how to do this in heels. I went to this show and I knocked it out of the park. It was almost like source was like, this is where I need you, girl. <laughs> so I took a first, a second and a third at that show, which then qualified me for nationals, which is way beyond any goal I've ever had. And so then this year, I then uh, went to Pittsburgh and I competed uh, amongst the best of Canada, North America, and Mexico. And in my division of now Masters uh, Fitness, Women's Masters Fitness um, Division, I came in in the top three and I took home a third place medal. And I'm ecstatic. These were some amazing athletes. I just wanted to look good in a bathing suit. That was the goal, like how many years ago? So this is beyond, beyond any scope that I had ever had um, when it came to uh, changing, changing my body and to the point where I would actually get a medal for that. That's quite unbelievable, actually. <laughs> well, not only did you win that award, but you just had a huge launch party yesterday 
tell us about your book and what readers can expect when they read it and, and how it's relevant and can help others survive similar things that you have went through. You know, it has been a nonstop couple months. Um, we did. We had a phenomenal book launch yesterday and, uh, and we did it online as well. So you definitely can catch up with some of the details that way. Um, but the, the book launch was backing up. The reason why I even wrote the book was because I wanted to reach, reach the girl in the back of the room who feels the way I once felt like that, that woman walking into the room, feeling completely inferior, the, the girl in the back of the room who thinks she doesn't belong. I have been in those shoes more times than not. And so the book was written as if I'm speaking with you right now, like I am super scared at this moment, or, you know, it's like almost like I'm having a conversation with her and and really the reasoning of the book, that was it. And now in even the few weeks that it's been, you know, in pre-sales and all this, this whole manifestation of other entities have taken place. So now I've got like female empowerment. I have what it's like to get sober. You know, what is, what is resilience, you know, courage? Um, what's it be to, to be an athlete and to be a, against the best? You know, there's part, as I, as I wrote the book, and, and we put this whole story together. Really, what I wanted to emphasize is that no matter what the scenario is, your story is different than my story and, of course, other people's story. But what we have in common is we have that language of the heart. And that is, I know what it feels like to be scared. You know what it feels like to be desperate. You know what it feels like to feel jealous. You know you know, fill in the blank. Those are the areas that I really emphasize because that's what's going to change people is being able to connect at that level. And now I have had feedback from moms saying, now that my daughter is doing, you know, A, B, and C, now I get it from, you know, listening, you know, reading your book. Like I get it. You know, I've had men who come to me and say, this is why my wife acts the way she does when we go to what a lifestyle event, you know, it's like, it's, it's hitting so many more people than I really, really had even imagined. Well, tell us the name of the book and how people can purchase it. The name of the book is the making of a woman. We have acquired a marketing team. And so you can access this book pretty much from anywhere. But the best place to go is www.themakingofawoman.com. And on there, you will find all of my links to, you know, the, to Amazon to get the book, you know, through um, Barnes and Nobles, all of, all of those sites. Um, I have blogs on there as I've been writing the book. I've been, you know, putting uh, the blogs in there, um, like podcasts, like we're doing right now. I have a, a tab there and all of the links to the, you know, the fabulous people I've been able to talk to about this. Um, and that also at the bottom gives you links to all of my social media. So, you know, like the launch party yesterday, I mean, I had a whole group of people join me from around the world that I'd never met before, um, just through, you know, our social media. So there's many ways to get in touch with me. That's really what I want to really what I want to do. I'm a big connector. I want to be able to connect with people. 
Well, we know you got the current book, but tell us about any upcoming projects that people need to look out for, for from Jules. Like I was saying, you know, I had the scope of just like getting this book out to the girl in the back of the room. I think now really what I need to do is just like let the dust settle for a bit. There's a lot happening right here with this book. And so what I'm hoping it does is reaches out to all the different walks of life. And if that means, you know, I'm, I'm a big source believer. So if that means that, you know, in the transgender community, for instance, if source needs somebody like me and my experience and my voice, that an avenue will open up, right? I want to do some guest speaking, you know, with different areas of recovery, for instance. So really, I am very wide open to whatever come next, comes next, because it's going to be amazing. Do you have any final thoughts before we close it out? You know, I do. I know that we all have our highs and lows. And I've, I've had them. And I think the one thing, I, if I would have known in the beginning, is you're exactly where you're supposed to be right now, doing exactly what you're doing. It's all part of the bigger picture. Keep going. You're on track. Ladies and gentlemen, themakingofawoman.com. Go pick up that book. It's definitely going to be a good read. I would also like to remind my listeners to follow, rate, review, share this to as many people as possible. The story that Jules has to tell is amazing and it could help somebody save their life or help them turn their lives around. Also, Android listeners, go to the Google Play Store and download the Living the Dream with Curveball podcast app. Jules, thank you so much for joining me today. Oh, I appreciate this. This has been great. Thank you. For more information on the Living the Dream podcast, visit www.djcurveball.com. Until next time, stay focused on living the dream.